Hi, Chris. Hey, Jake. Hey, Nick. Hi. Before this pod gets... Podkids. <laughs> Welcome to Podkids. Welcome to the Podkids. Thanks, as always, to the Podkids. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at them. They're, they're so good. You're on the clock. It's April 6th, 2017. And this is Important If True. From Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I am Nick Reckon. I'm Jake Rodkin. Welcome. Hi, guys. Hello. You guys all feeling spicy today? No. No. I ate like a whole fistful of cuties, so I'm all ready <laughs> Wait, to go. what? You know, Fistful like of what? Cuties. You know, the what little, are cuties? The little little orange. It's like a oranges. tangerine thing it's or like something. A little tiny little tangerine orange thing. You but know, it's a small citrus. It's a little cutie. Oh, but it's not spicy. No, but I ate like too many of them. <laughs> what? And now I'm well because they're very small, and I didn't have a, like a real dinner. So you're just feeling like acidic. That's true. I'm <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm your pH it, level I'm is keep, a completely different thing than yeah. spiciness level. I'm I feel. keeping my pH on the down low this week. <laughs> thanks to cuties. Okay. Enough about mandarin oranges. <laughs> they're not mandarins, they're cuties. That's a type of mandarin mm. orange. Oh, wait, is it really? Yes, I, I, I believe means. so. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> good. You've never heard of it. Uh, what I want well, I've heard of it, I just don't know what it is. What I want to do is talk uh, about... I mean, I've had them before, I just don't know what it means. It's a cutie. Oh, really? Those are syn- synonyms. I don't know. I think that it's a brand. Okay, Chris, real quick, <laughs> I want to get to a reader mail because okay. someone wrote in about something that I love. But first... Cuties, I believe, is just a brand name put on mandarin oranges so that you'll just chomp on them. This, it's, it's, I did. It's like oh, they're um, like oh, okay. They're like yeah. they're like baby <clears throat> carrots. You eat uh-huh. them like junk food. Right. Classic marketing campaign <sighs> right. for carrots. Yeah, I think that I think that cuties being a mandarin orange is definitely in that realm of like, what if we turn a random good into a brand? God, um, I didn't realize mandarin oranges were the small ones. Now you know. Yeah, I do now. Now now. I so, um, well, there are clementines as well, which yeah, can often those are fool also you. small. They're they're about the same size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I want to open with an email, an electronic mail. Yeah. Um, which actually, I said an email, but what I meant is basically every email. Oh, tw- the email tweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm of course referring to <laughs> the email. This is an Aaron Sorkin episode now, by the way. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you see open the, with the thing? Did you see the yeah. email? Yeah, the thing. You got to open with the email. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And then it's revealed that no one read the email. <laughs> <laughs> we clearly didn't. In this case, what Toby Ziegler of the West Wing uh, had strong feelings about was a girl hugging a robot. Yeah. So she thinks. So she thinks. This is, th- yeah, this has been, I apologize for it being like a full week and a half late. We're recording this podcast last week. Yes. Uh, because Jake is on his honeymoon. Congratulations, Jake. Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah. You're really enjoying your life right now, Jake. I am. And uh, also in the future. Uh, but because of that, we uh, we are experiencing uh, this little girl hugging a robot as it's happening. But you're now hearing our retrospective thoughts on it. Uh, this was a, t- a, a little girl. I don't know how old, like three. I don't know. I, I never know, by the way, how old children are. If you like, if you show me a kid and they're like, <clears throat> oh, they're talking like by the time they're age, like six, I'm like, yeah, it sounds about right. But I'm, but I know that <laughs> it's not even close, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I know I keep having, I feel like I have to learn this every time anyone yeah. tells me anything about a child. Yeah. Like I don't ever understand. <clears throat> I basically assume they're like, are useless until like blobs 20, into, yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. Like, but literally instead of, right. you know, um, so I don't know. I, I don't know how old this kid is. How old do you guys think this kid is? I don't is? know. A small child. Three or four. 
Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so this is a little girl who encounters a, a broken hot water heater on the street and instantly, like, it's amazing. She starts addressing it as robot. She's like, hi, robot. Hi, robot. And the robot doesn't answer. So she, like, increases well, <clears throat> her emotional payload yeah. and moves on to, I love you, robot. I love you, robot. And she hugs it. It's basically the most adorable thing you've ever seen in your life. The internet is going absolutely bananas for it, as well it should. But also, like, yeah, let's be honest, this is fucked up. On, on what axis exactly is it fucked up? Do you, you don't think that humans and robots should express, no. uh, should, there should be love? No, well, Do you think that it's that like her parents <clears throat> lied to her and said that robots are real? Do you think that her parents are like actually Sarah Connor and they're preparing her. But like, mean, uh, if they are, they're doing a piss poor job. Well, I mean, they've just well, this happens gotten to all, the all, except robots yeah. are real part, but not the you have to hate them. That's going to be a heartbreaking conversation. I mean, look, I'm just have, saying like tiger stuffed animals and they would hug the tiger and say, I love you, tiger. But in the back of their head, they know that tiger would kill them if it was in front of them, right? Do they? Well... If they don't, they will learn. Okay, here's so the, there's a net. We're gonna. Here's, okay. well, I think what we're discovering no. is that there will be a natural process. No, uh-uh. of- here's the difference. The real tiger doesn't look like a little stuffed tiger. The real tiger is like twenty times the size of the baby, right, but- And is terrifying and roars and has sharp claws. But, this- but the ro- but a robot. It could just be standing. It could perfectly just still be like a that. nice, mm. like cute little circle, little cylinder on the street. Yeah, I don't know. Like, who not? Why not? It's starting to seem as though there is an entire <clears throat> industry and sort of arm of education that is aimed at preparing children to love and accept robots, which feels like we're basically throwing in the towel right from square one. Like, it seems it's the opposite of the Sarah Connor approach to parenting. I've acquired some materials. Okay. Oh, did you? You did. Yeah. Oh, you got them. Oh, you got them. So I have two books here, both aimed at like first graders, aimed at little kids. Uh, one is called Animal Robots, and on the cover is a big dog uh, from Boston <laughs> Dynamics. And the other one is called Helper Robots. Uh-huh. And on the front is like a robot with treadmills and an arm. And if you open oh, it nice. up, it tells you the cover robot Cover photo. This robot helps the military disable bombs before they blow up. Why is that? Why is a bomb exploding dis- disabling robot? That robot has also been used the- to place bombs, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's, oh man, that's true. That's fucked up. That probably had not happened at the time <laughs> that this book was, was published. Sometimes it helps in other ways. Yeah. You've got to do a By- story time voice. I know from what you said earlier that you don't really know when kids are developed and <clears throat> when they walk and talk and stuff, but surely you know how to read a, uh, to a kid about a robot. What is a robot? Robots are machines that do work. They move around. They carry out commands. Some robots look like people. And then it's got like a picture of a big like robot, like glossy yeah. white robot with like red stripes and stuff. I mean, it, this is basically, it's basically propaganda. Um, I don't know who like funds these books, but it's it's a total disaster. Like it really wants little tiny kids to appreciate robots. Robot animals. <clears throat> animal robots. Our animal robots is amazing. Yeah. Cheetahs are the fastest animals on land. Scientists built the cheetah robot. It mm-hmm. can run 29 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Would you like a pet dinosaur? Pleo looks like a dinosaur. The robot sings, dances, and follows commands. Mm-hmm. Read the one about the dog. This is fucked up. This little dog won't eat your homework, 
Ibo understands 100 words. A camera in its head allows it to chase a ball. Why is it trying to make dogs seem less cool than a fake dog? Why is it like this one won't eat your homework? Why is it trying to sell kids on fake dogs? You missed the fact that it like it talks about big dogs. The big dog robot can walk through mud, snow, and water. It does this while carrying a load of 340 pounds. <laughs> and then the most fucked up one... This nano hummingbird is a flying spy. The U.S. military <laughs> plans to use this small robot to gather enemy information. What? Jesus. <laughs> Why is that a page Fuck in that. a kid's book? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I... Also, the glossary includes words like command, infra- well, the entire glossary is these six words. Command, information, pollution, robot, scientist, spy, not the word military. Like, wh- are you serious? <laughs> like, you don't know what a spy or a scientist or a robot or information is, but you're good with the U.S. military <laughs> plans to use this small robot to gather enemy information. <laughs> God. It's so fucked up. When it comes to this girl hugging this robot. Also, the author of this book, I don't know. This is Doesn't really... exist. <laughs> Her entire author biography is Erica L. Shores knows a cow drinks enough water to fill a bathtub each day. Which seems like it was oh, yeah, itself that's just, just a fucking generated yeah, fuck text that. by no, some robot. Yep, yep. Yeah. This is fully propaganda. This is absolutely like <clears throat> some robot lobbyist has like done its work to get this stuff placed in public schools, you know, what, in Chris? public school libraries. What I think that children are our future. I think technology has been evolving at a the faster. Ro- yeah, why do you think their robots are making this book? Okay. They know that. Technology has been evolving at a faster and faster rate. Things happen now, like before you even understand it, you're just consumed by it. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance right now that we are going we definitely self-described haters are going to die in the robot uprising. Yeah. But that that little girl who hugs the water heater, oh. including that video of that ah, little girl who hugs the water heater, evidence that she loves the robot. That's going to be like since robots don't really they can access data and I assume all robots can do this can access data sort of independently of the timeline or whatever they just have all information oh, about humans at all times a robot knows what this podcast is like oh, they're, yeah. they're listening to this right now at all times yeah, oh, for sure. yeah I think yeah. that's true I feel like that girl hugging that water heater could be like the Tiananmen Square footage when a robot unearths it from the YouTube archives and it's like oh this has always been the case and then it's like <laughs> did you know that girl's still alive and then she's gonna hug a robot oh man and that's gonna be it yeah there's gonna be stories <laughs> about like that little girl member this is her like like, want to feel old? She ended the robot war, and it's like, well, that actually happened in 2017. Yeah. She's like an old it lady now. She ended before it even started. But the robots would still recognize her face because of yeah. face recognition algorithms. Right, and like aging pro- projections and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, then like the last 10 years of her life would be miserable when she has to go on a celebrity tour just hugging mm. a robot um, <clears> to <throat> make robots and humans applaud. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like we're- No, she would just be hugging a water heater. Jake. I think, I think it's probably. I think they would just kinda, in commemoration. Yeah, there's a bronze. I think, I, I think, yeah. There's a bronze let's, statue let's of the little girl. Let's be fair. Hugging yeah. a, a and then it, it, underneath it, it's in quotes. It says in English and then in binary. She thought it was a robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there is. Uh, sorry. I want to. I'll get. We get back to this. Uh, but um, in Golden Gate Park, which I live right on the border of Golden Gate Park here in San Francisco, and there's a statue in the park 
of Cervantes, Miguel Cervantes, mm-hmm. the author of Don Quixote. The weird thing about it is that the statue is not of Cervantes himself. It's like <laughs> it's a big sort of um, like stone sort of plinth. And then on the top of that is a Cervantes like head bust. Right. Mm. So it's got his like mm-hmm. head on yeah. a little like yeah. sort of ornamented <clears throat> kind of roughly thing dating from like one, you know, the age of Cervantes. Uh What's weird about it, though, so that's one that's like, okay, someone made a bust of Cervantes head, fine. What's weird is that also, as part of the statue, there's two little kids in front of this looking up at his head. Yeah. So what the hell is this representing? Like, what? Is this commemorating children looking at the head of Cervantes or children looking at a statue of the head of Cervantes? Like, it's not like they're looking at him and that was memorialized. Well, that's what robots mm. are going to look like. That's their fashion. And that is a statue <laughs> from the future. That's their interpretation of that girl hugging the air conditioner. We actually have it already. Uh-huh. That's it. And, and this has been, like, what, placed in from the future Someone yeah. came, some robot sculptor came back in time to memorialize this moment. Yeah. It's like what? It's like historical telephone. This is how they remember that moment. Yeah. It's children looking at a bust of Miguel Cervantes. Well, to their eyes, a 1080p YouTube video is like super low quality. It's like us trying to make out something from like an old 1950s TV show. And they're like, <laughs> oh, you can hardly even see if that was that a robot or was that what a modern they robot just, looks like, which is a cube <clears throat> made of stone. Uh <laughs> they just put they <laughs> with just, a human head on top of they it. They put this photo through enough. Like it just ended up when when robots like give each other information. Sometimes if they don't, they post it to Tumblr and then they reblog yeah, it. They yeah. If they don't speak the same like programming language or whatever, they have to they show the information on a screen to the other robot, and then the other robot basically puts that through like Google image search. It's like find more images like this. <laughs> and the story, the legend of this girl like hugging the water cooler has been passed on mm. screen. Well, some, someone accidentally so hit like a Google that, Deep Dream algorithm that recognized that statue yeah. from Golden Gate Park. Right. But it's just like it's like a messy yeah. image match. And yeah. by the time it gets to the end, the the girl hugging the water cool the water heater, uh, that is what came out right. on the other side. And that's mm. now been enshrined. Uh, in the past for some reason why did they I don't understand why they came back in the past so it would be a lesson that they would learn from <laughs> so, so the robots see this and say ah uh, what, what are they supposed to learn from that they come back and they see like, humans what? are tolerant and then someone went and goes well I mean I think that it actually is about kids looking up to the author of Don Quixote mm-hmm. and the other robot goes no haven't you seen this image and then shows it a picture of, of a girl hugging a robot on a screen right I to be clear I still don't understand the kids looking up to Cervantes, looking up to his head. I still don't understand that. Is this supposed okay. to be representing like a point in between the age of Cervantes and now, like halfway? It's got to be right. It's got to be. Like, they this is how built a statue. Children of him. should appreciate the classic. That statue. Hopefully, that statue exists somewhere else. And then a sculptor walked by and saw two kids looking at it and went, <laughs> and went, "Man, those kids must really look up to Cervantes." I'm going to immortalize this in another sculpture, and I'm going to put it in a public park in San Francisco. Right. Oh, I thought you were saying someone, someone came by and saw this one, saw two children looking at it, and then re-immortalized <laughs> and like, children stay looking- Stay perfectly still. I'm going to carve an exact copy stay of you. Stay perfectly still. I'm going to coat you in bronze. <laughs> That's- ugh. Yeah. Yep. It's morbid. What can I say? San Francisco, right? They Here say this city has more dogs than children. <laughs>
What happened to what, what happened to the children of San Francisco? Once a thriving city full of youngsters, now so many Cervantes statues, <laughs> memorials of the robot wars. Yep, <laughs> the robot wars to come. But one of these children may stem the tide. Um, speaking of the way ch- children interact with non-human, non non-organic entities. Someone either sent us a tweet or an email or something about this incredible experiment uh, depicted in uh, a book called Alone Together by Sherry Turkle, which was published in 2011, about how children interact with Furbies. But before you start, Chris, should we establish what a Furby is? I know that's a ridiculous thing to say, but... Yeah, sure. It's a little toy... That is battery powered, yeah, and it can talk to you and stuff. Yeah, it's like a little. I barely gremlin. remember. It's like what a little, Furby is, little creature. Why I'm okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a little creature. What? It's like a foot tall or something. Yeah, something like that. And it's it, a robotic stuffed animal kind of concept. Was a Furby one of the ones that in the '90s was like parents were murdering each other trying to get them, or was that a different? Uh, I feel like no, that was a Tickle Me that's Elmo. A, I feel like Furbies was in that same hype zone, but yeah. I don't think it ever hit the heights yeah. of Tickle Me Elmo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, weird. Can you even imagine that being possible now? I basically can't. No. Are there things that are like that now? Well, ooh, I think I there know. are, but I'm just not aware of them. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that's probably true. They're probably apps. <laughs> well, like what, Pokemon Go store? is yeah, probably. Yeah, but, no, but that's not the same because yeah, yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah. to. There's no supply and demand because supply is infinite. It's an app. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So this this says. In the 1980s, the computer toy Merlin made happy and sad noises depending on whether it was winning or losing the game it played with children. Children saw Merlin as sort of alive, quote, because of how well it played memory games, but did not believe in Merlin's shows of emotion. When a Merlin broke down, children were sorry to lose a playmate. When a Furby doesn't work, however, children see a creature that may be in pain. Lily, age 10, worries her broken Furby is hurting, but she doesn't want to turn it off because, quote, that means you aren't taking care of it. She fears if she shuts off a Furby in pain, she might make things worse. Two eight-year-olds fret about how much their Furbies sneeze. The first worries that his sneezing Furby is allergic to him. The other fears his Furby (laughs) got its cold because, quote, I didn't do a good enough job taking care of him. I observe children with other toys, dolls, toy soldiers, action figures. If these toys make strange sounds, they're usually put aside. Broken toys lead to boredom. But when a Furby is in trouble, children ask, is it tired? Is it sad? Have I heard it? Is it sick? What do I do? That was like a, like a musical, Furby's the musical right there <laughs> that you just got into. Yeah. <laughs> in one kindergarten, when a Furby breaks down, the children decide they want to heal it. Ten children volunteer, seeing themselves as doctors in an emergency room. They begin by taking it apart. The proceedings begin in relative calm. When talking about their sick Furby, the children insist this breakdown does not mean the end. After all, people get sick and get better. But when scissors and pliers appear, they become anxious. Alicia screams, quote, the Furby is going to die. Sven, to his classmates' horror, pinpoints the moment when Furbies die. It happens when the Furby's skin is ripped off. (laughs) Sven (laughs) considers the Furby as an animal. You can shave an animal's fur and it will live, but you cannot take its skin off. As the operation continues, Sven reconsiders his position. Perhaps the Furby can live without its skin, quote, but it will be cold. (laughs) <laughs> For Sven, the biological now includes creatures such as Furbies whose, quote, insides stay, quote, all in the same place when their skin is removed. Oh, no. This calms him down. Oh, no. But some children become more anxious as the operation continues. One suggests that if the Furby dies, it might haunt them. It might turn into a ghost. 
Indeed, a group of children start to call the empty Furby skin the ghost of Furby, and the Furby's naked body, quote, the goblin. (laughs) They are not happy this operation might leave a Furby goblin and a Furby ghost at large. One girl comes up with the idea that the ghost of the Furby will be less fearful if distributed. She asks if it would be okay, quote, if everyone took home a piece of the Furby skin. She is told this would be fine, but unappeased, she asks the same question two more times. In the end, most children leave with a bit of Furby fur. Some bury it when they get home. For a private ritual to placate the goblin and say goodbye. In the classroom, most of the children feel they're doing the best they can with a sick pet. But from outside the classroom, the Furby surgery looks alarming. Children call out, quote, you killed him, quote, how dare you kill Furby, quote, you're going to go to Furby jail. Denise, eight, watches from the safety of the hall. She has a Furby at home and does not like to talk about its problems as diseases because, quote, Furbies are not animals. She uses the word fake to mean non-biological and says, Furbies are fake. They don't get diseases. But later, she reconsiders her own position when her Furby's batteries run out and the robot, so chatty only moments before, becomes inert. Denise panics. It's dead. It's dead right now. Its eyes are closed. She then declares her Furby, quote, both fake and dead. (laughs) Denise concludes that worn out batteries and water can kill a Furby. It is a mechanism, but alive enough to die. That is hardcore. The creation of a mythology around yeah. Furbies as oh, like it's the just Furby like the goblin the crucible or the ghost something and the goblin. <laughs> like I saw Lizzie Proctor in the woods with yeah. the goblin. We must and they, they all we must, burned a piece of its skin. We must all cut up its skin, burn them, and bury like, it in our yards. This is the beginning of like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah, except that in this case it's the kids killing the Furby instead of the parents killing the janitor. <laughs> Yeah, so when so when you're looking at you know little Raina, uh, who who just wubs that Wobot, just think about like the, yeah. the crazy fucked up religion she's gonna create. She's like, how do I well, fix you, yeah. Furby? A- Kill your parents. <laughs> <laughs> I think after the camera stopped rolling, she said, "I already removed the goblin and put it in my yard. Please wake up." Like she's like she's there was just an old rug on top of it that she cut up and buried oh, in her friend's yard. Yeah. Oh, I thought the yeah. skin is the ghost. The skin's the ghost. And what's underneath is the goblin. Yes. Oh, I yes. thought it was yeah. the other way around. No, no, no. <laughs> the goblin lurks within the ghost. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't know my ghost and goblin uh, yeah. lore. Yeah. Yeah, It's you're right, Nick. The, the speed of time from zero to like- Cultish cult. religion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, it's amazing. It speaks to an inherent The level of thing. sophistication of uh, the cult, too, of yeah. like not only have oh, they yeah. divided the sort of soul of the Furby into these component parts, they also have this like mechanism by which they can like safely- dispose of it and sort of I guess keep it from reconstituting itself yeah there's a yeah. weird exorcism yeah it's definitely an exorcism yeah, yeah. we all got a good laugh out of <laughs> little Raina and the and the water heater robot but I think we all we all know there's a there's another dimension going on here with children and their robots yeah let's take a break this episode of important if true is brought to you by Warby Parker Warby Parker designs and manufactures high quality frames and lenses for eyeglasses and prescription and non-prescription sunglasses. And if you go to warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs, they will send you five frames to try on at home. They start at only $95. Very, very affordable. So check it out. warbyparkertrial.com slash thumbs. 
Are aren't sunglasses like a subset of eyeglasses, or are they actually two no, separate terms? I believe they're separate terms. I believe they refer eye- they refer to very different directions of things entering through the glass. Eyeglasses are like for your <laughs> eyes to see out through, uh-huh. and that's like. I mean, they're know. both for that, Jake. But sun the na- the word sunglasses, like, uh-huh. sure, that's talking about the thing you're trying to prevent. Yeah, I, I, from I would assume that they're both for who the glasses are for. Yeah, one's for your eyes, and one's for the sun to not have to look at you. T- <laughs> <laughs> one's to take the- your shitty, stupid face just right out of the sun's goddamn situation. Yeah, it is sick of your shit. When it looks down on this this fine planet. The there you are, despoiling it. Yeah, it goes. Ugh! Can you at God, least? God, why like, won't that tra- thing put on yeah. some? Don't look at me. Warby Don't Parker's look at me. Thank you. <laughs> also, send a pair to some kid, <laughs> so they can get out of my fucking face too. <laughs> yep. I'm the sun. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was very bad. You guys ready for a, to do this podcast? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know anymore. Oh, oh, you should know. Oh. Oh shit. Tried to catch it. I'm sorry. Oh my god! (laughs) Furby's ghost is trying to destroy you. Furby, if you're here, give us a sign. (laughs) I mean, stop giving us signs. (laughs) Okay, we're back. Welcome back. Oh man, we're back. Okay. So I feel like um, important if true is maybe justifiably maligned for focusing on the fact on like robots and on robots yeah. being the the downfall of mankind and I, I feel like our time to robot has in fact dropped to maybe zero like this episode's time <laughs> to robot might might be zero that's a distress that's a very disturbing what are you saying i'm i'm saying that it's, it's like minutes to midnight I'm, or no, are you saying no are you saying one of us is a robot are you saying that literally at <laughs> zero seconds we've already hit time to robot <laughs> I meant before Nick we dis- I meant before we discuss robots, or did I, <laughs> or did I? Um, but so I, I'm concerned though that we may be too fixated on robots, yeah. as the downfall right. of humanity. Uh-huh. And I'm saying this because in this, uh, in a recent issue of the San Francisco Chronicle, although I think it was actually a, re- a reprint from the Washington Post, was a headline. Um, Spiders could theoretically eat every human on Earth in one year. <laughs> it's also spider alert. If you don't want to hear about a bunch of oh, yeah. really upsetting oh, yeah, spider yeah, yeah. facts, oh, this, that's there's a percentage for, of uh, the audience that just we're entering the spider zone. Like if that headline yeah. already made Welcome. you wretch, do not look at this article. It is full of charts of spiders versus people and pictures of gigantic spiders like it's just all the pictures are just the big spiders <laughs> it's about the volume of spiders on earth of which there are way too many but then <laughs> it's about the volume of food intake that those spiders consume right, right. and they specifically say that uh, the world's spiders consume somewhere between 400 million and 800 million tons of prey in a year um, and then it says that means that spiders eat as much meat as all humans. All 7 billion all humans. All 7 billion humans on the planet combined. So if the spiders decided that they wanted to eat all of humanity, they could probably get clean us out in a year easy. And still be and hungry. And still be hungry. It says that in the article. <laughs> okay, well, hold on. we got to do one more. That is so good. Spider biologists have also generally found that spiders uh, consume approximately 10% of their body weight in food per day. That's like a 200-pound man eating 20 pounds of meat a day. Conversely... To your boy, Chris, it would take approximately 2,000 spiders. Wait uh, a second, no. Oh, no, it would take approximately 2,000 pounds of spiders yes. to consume yes. that 200-pound man. 
<laughs> that is the worst both yeah. like that's un- a bad unit and yeah. quantity of that unit to ever describe as of spiders. <laughs> Two thousand. I don't want to know about how many pounds of spiders do anything. Look, let we're, alone just bringing two in, we're just bringing in. We're just bringing in a two-ton dump truck of spiders. <laughs> the perfect crime. <laughs> <laughs> Note that these are spiders that a journalist has to hypothesize would want to eat a person. A 200-pound man. A 200-pound man. Uh, who, who, you know, he... We put 2,000 pounds of spiders and a 200-pound man in a room. You'll never guess what happened. The man disappeared and only spiders were there. <laughs> we put 20 pounds of food in a 200-pound man. Then we put 2,000 spiders in the room. Unfortunately, 2, there were... pounds of spiders. The man two, was gone, but the food the remained. The food remained. The spiders <laughs> could only eat 200 pounds in a day. Right. <laughs> So we had to bring in right, another perfect, 200 pounds like, of spiders yeah, to eat the that food. perfect rotisserie chicken just sitting in the middle of a room <laughs> with it's no like man. Ham hock. Yeah, just, yeah, just the just pristine cartoon chicken. But riddled with spiders. Right, just spiders everywhere. <laughs> just <laughs> lounging, full, happy. I, oh, go ahead, Nick. Well, I, I feel like this is fake news. I feel what? like the tone of this article can be explained. I think a robot wrote this article. No, you cannot bring it. <laughs> trying back to as stir, a false flag. trying to stir up false flag sentiment about like spiiders and just other things that maybe it's not okay, us. So you're maybe it's you're, spiders. You're you saying, know, you do you hear what all if there the time? Are a million pounds of spiders. You hear all the time about how journalism jobs are getting get That's outsourced what I'm saying. to robots. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, the, so a robot saw a girl hug. Uh, a water heater and went. God, people like this robots is mo- now. This is our moment. Yeah, yes. yeah. guys, <laughs> go 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 go. I'm sad that you turned it back to robots. Well. Because I've, I'm sad that you're like I was trying to just give myself some hope in these times. Yeah, that maybe it was actually. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. It's it's probably not a robot. <laughs> it's okay. Jake. It might it's not be. Not the facts in this article are so so intense. The reason I'm sympathetic to Nick's interpretation of this is because of how yeah. weirdly like suspicious viciously relentless <laughs> this article is by present by just finding you know what increasing number of ways glo- to present the, this the global average spider density is about 130 spiders per square meter i hate this i don't understand that <laughs> yeah no, it says, that implies like there's now no, if you if i'm, if I'm just what, I'm that just, means that there's some there are some areas where there are literally only 2,000 pound or 2,000 okay. spiders 2,000 pounds of spiders okay, in a cube but here's the thing now if Eating you a guy. to sell me a robot that's primary function was to suck up and destroy those spiders right now, I would not care if underneath all of that it was just also designed to Wait, kill so me. This I is, would, give me the robot. Give it to me. So you're saying well, this, you know, is, this I mean, is an advertorial never, for robots then. They would never get to kill you given how many goddamn spiders there that's apparently true. are. Yeah. There's like infinite spiders. They go the so out of their way. Meter. The yeah. article opens by saying spiders are literally all around us. A recent entomological survey of North Carolina homes turned up spiders in 100% of them, including 68% of bathrooms and more than 75% of bedrooms. There's a good chance at least one spider is staring at you right now, sizing you up from a darkened corner of the room, eight eyes glistening in the shadows. Speaking of propaganda, like speaking of robot propaganda, what the hell? I'm inclined to strongly disagree Mm. because I think that given given that the spider threat could be real, that's... I think that the way for humanity to escape them, oh, maybe this is robot propaganda. Okay, hold on. Is I just have to sit here and, and just do nothing, and it will, I know it will eventually end up being a robot. Well, okay, yeah. What <laughs> I, I knew all along that this would eventually get back to robots because I feel like a spider will not eat a robot. For a human to not be eaten by a spider, a human must become a robot. QED. 
Ah, interesting. Yeah, no longer yeah. you can't yeah. be meat. Yeah. yeah, if you're not meat, uh, a spider will yeah. crawl over you, but you won't care because okay. you're a robot. Okay. Okay. Setting aside the fact that you Wait could be wearing sec. the celebrity skin of George Clooney, which yes. a spider would fucking yes. love. Yes. But if your brain and consciousness and et cetera were inside a robot, one, spiders wouldn't eat you. Two, little girl would hug you. That's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But the Clooney skin, you never know if it would think like, oh, it's just a ghost. It's just, he's just wearing a ghost. <laughs> you know, they might develop their own. We don't know what they're going to do. Well, okay, they might have a whole explanation for this. If a spider's like, that's a person, I like eating those. Me and the other 2,000 pounds of me love eating what looks like a 200-pound person. Yeah. And then you take off your skin, and you're not <laughs> dead. Your ghost. And it's like, oh, well, I thought that if you took off its skin, it would die, but that didn't. Maybe what I need to do is it would eat the skin. It would yeah. carry the skin back into its yard and put it, it away. It would consume the ghost. It would divide. They would divide the ghost up into like each spider would get a little <laughs> piece of the ghost. They would all individually consume it. Like two thousand pounds of spiders yeah. would all walk Here's away. Here's the thing. <laughs> then they would horrible. still. They would still just even though they couldn't eat it. They would like voraciously overrun the goblin, and you as a person, like if you if your consciousness was inside this robot, this is the worst conversation anyone has ever had. <laughs> Just if, it would still be absolutely horrifying. Uh, you would know yeah, intel- would you would be. know intellectually that you were okay. Are you suggesting you were- anyone would suggest that a skinless human goblin being overrun by spiders isn't horrifying? Are you like I don't? It would still be horrifying. I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm saying intellectually, you as the brain in the goblin, oh, beset by spiders, <laughs> would know I'm okay because I'm just a robot. <laughs> okay. I see. But at the same time, your human brain yeah. that grew up in like a skin body that read this article this. about spiders yeah. eating it, it's you would bad. be screaming and then spiders would be inside the goblin. <laughs> this is so terrible. <laughs> this is so terrible. Do you think that once George Clooney is separated into a ghost and a goblin, they will both get parts? <laughs> like once one is the villain and one is the yeah, protagonist like one is the monster yeah. and the other one yeah, is you've like, got, like oh fan, man fan favorite right. Clooney ghost His, right. and then you've got like everyone loves to hate the yeah, Clooney the goblin, goblin. When, when George Clooney's agent slides a script across his table and it is a robot friendly reboot of face off he's like <laughs> just fuck you fuck you he just walks out or like the body walks out in the skin he sort of has to pack into a bag and carry it he carries right. the ghost uh, the goblin packs up the ghost. Ca- packs the ghost up into a briefcase and yeah. just says, "You're fired." <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of an email we got from uh, from Patrick, who writes, "Hey thumbs, I just rewatched Blade Runner, and when confronting the evil the eye scientist, Brian James proves he's a replicant by dipping his arm in liquid nitrogen, and later Daryl Hannah proves she's a replicant to a different scientist by dipping her arm in boiling water." Both their predecessors to Arnold in Terminator 2 ripping off his arm skin to prove he's a robot to computer scientist Miles Dyson. So it seems that theatrically harming your arm to prove your identity to a scientist is just one of those things robots do. Love, Patrick. That's that's a really good poll. Yeah. And feels very relevant to the like celebrity uh, ghost So like what George Clooney does. Salesman. <laughs> right when the yeah when the uh, when the spiders come for George Clooney he he, mm, he mm-hmm. when the spiders come for the Clooney Goblin yeah. he they're after the ghost they're after the ghost and he peels his arm off and throws it as bait <laughs> and then runs away as spiders devour it but it only takes like you know a hundred pounds of spiders to eat that hand <laughs> at most <laughs> and then he's fucking freaking out yeah you know the uh, you know like um, 
the sort of uh, <laughs> collective groups of animals. Yeah. You know, like a gaggle of geese and a uh, murder of crows. Yeah. I think a pound, a of, pound spiders of spiders. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> just a ton of spiders. <laughs> <laughs> there are a ton of spiders there. No, literally, there are 2,000 pounds of spiders <laughs> eating a guy. 2,000 pounds of spiders. <laughs> As we all know, spiders are measured in increments of 2,000 pounds. <laughs> there apparently is so goddamn many of them, that's the only way it's efficient to even do yeah, it. Yeah, you call a lot of spiders a cubic meter of spiders. <laughs> you call it a spider cube. I can't imagine there's a single person still listening to this podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't be if I weren't obligated to be Well, if, if that's the case, let's change the subject. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Uh, to who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, what is the safest escape route that we have from this? Which does also include a person dipping their arm in something That's to true. tacitly prove I was that they about are, that. aren't something. Oh, yeah, right. I was thinking right. about um, that. As we know, if you're a human being who wants to prove you're not a cartoon, you dip your hand into a bottle of turpentine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jake is bringing Man, this up because I, I watched this Yeah, you film mentioned you'd again. watched it, yeah. yeah. What were you going to say, Chris? Well, I was just going to say, I also watched this film for the first time in a long time within the last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. How did you end up watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I think it's just on Netflix. Oh, okay. Just, so you, yeah, just, just, you just oh, felt... You just yeah. Felt, you went, oh, that's a good I'd never seen it, so I was like, wow, oh. we should just watch this now. But you'd Why seen not? it already. I saw it as a kid and was right. just you know scarred like so many others by uh, Christopher uh, Lloyd. uh, Lloyd's... Lloyd, yeah. um, uh, uh, you know, weird, weird fucking like the steamroller scene just put me off of that movie for probably twenty years. Oh. Uh, I like the in our new segment Spielberg or Spielberg adjacent films. Yeah, we'll talk about who fan Rabbit. I had for like this move. That movie is crazy. Like, I don't think another movie will ever exist where that many characters from different properties are all in different, different companies, different owner. corporations. That was entirely Steven Spielberg. I know, but it, it feels like that's never going to happen because that was again. like when Spielberg was that big so into like the, the Animaniacs era of I Warner know, Brothers yeah. was being produced by him, but then this movie was being done through Disney, yeah. and he was able to get all of that stuff to happen. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yep. it is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. I think Who Framed Roger Rabbit has actually aged very well because it, it has. It, it, it's always it was trying to sort of. I mean, obviously, it's like a Chinatown pastiche thing, but it, it was trying to evoke a feeling of an era that has long since gone by and maybe never existed. And yeah. now, it in and of itself as a work as like mm-hmm. a major yep. Hollywood release is that so like it has become what it like is sort of a lament a lamentation of even though it's also really tongue-in-cheek about the entire thing because yeah. it's you know about they didn't have like conventions for how to shoot on like blue or green screen then mm-hmm. in terms of like wh- how to get actors to react to any of these like yeah inevitably oh, yeah. like cg'd in i mean they're not, they weren't they were actually hand-drawn in this case but like watching uh bob uh, hoskins bob hoskins just literally running around an empty set with no yeah, markers or anything to react yeah. to, and then there's a, there's a split screen that shows like what actually ends up happening. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Like I don't even know how. Like even just watching it, I was like, "How did this yeah, turn out?" He's incredible. He it's yeah, unbelievable. I've seen that video. It's crazy. We the, should, yeah. We'll link that in. Yeah. The, I should. I always forget to mention this, but uh, in the description to this podcast on our website at importantiftrue.com and in your uh, podcast app. Uh, there will be there are links to the stuff we talk about, including little girl hugging water heater, yeah, and horrible spider article, the, and this making of video. It's also just funny just watching a scene where the two ducks are playing pianos and just yelling at each other. Like it's just fucking good. That like, is it's that, just uh, I, that is that's like I when the collector's edition DVD of that movie came out, I I like I watched that scene multiple times because I just think it's super good. Uh, yeah. Um, 
and now that you've talked about it, I have to talk about pianos that speak like human beings. <laughs> I thought you're making you do it. Now that our now that our Roger Rabbit I, distraction I, I minute is it. over, and it's like yeah. now that the palate has been cleansed yep. by talking about a sweet, it was all a big setup cartoon noir movie. <laughs> I feel like we Set have to talk. To fall. With, <laughs> to fall. No, I feel like we have to talk about where is that? Where is that? <laughs> so, important if true reader Aaron wrote in with a link to. This this piece of strange audio technology that that I had seen before, but this was probably the best example of it. It's taking, um, taking an audio file and then like of a person talking or singing. Like if you think about just how digital audio works, like it's sort of it's a bunch of tiny samples that, when put together at a quick enough rate, sounds like a, a continuous sound. And this, what what these people have done is taken that to its most low fidelity possible concept and have said what if we just take little plinks of notes or like what if we take a really low fidelity audio file and then play it back on a piano where each sample is a piano note or a jumble of arbitrary tones can you make something that sounds like human speech or like or like a song the video has this incredible uh performance of Stan Alive by the Bee Gees as played by what sounds like 15 toddlers smashing keys <laughs> on a piano. But if you know the piece of music being represented, your brain like fills in the gaps and can kind of hear the actual English lyrics. It's yeah. really crazy. Let's enjoy this together. <laughs> Can't you hear it? Nope. It's so weird. This is this is Westworld season two. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> they're learning. I think I think you can start hearing it a little more in a second. Yeah, maybe. That part is it's, Yeah, you can hear it now. <laughs> I like that any sustained notes are fucking hysterical. Yeah. It also sounds like a guy trying to show off. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the yeah. most like embellished yeah. piano performance right. of Staying Alive yeah. in the entire world of the guy like sort of plinking around on the high notes. But it's like, yeah, Nick, you saying this is Westworld season two is hilarious to me because that... The thing is, as an insane it, concept yeah. for Westworld season two, <laughs> totally legit. <laughs> Robots have taken over the park, including the goddamn robot that runs the player band. And then now goes, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's just a hit. Like where it starts, it's a it's a, a sort of solemn Radiohead song, but right. it's actually the piano doing a Tom York impression. Right, 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 yeah, 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 Radiohead yeah. song, yes, yeah. <laughs> for single voice piano. <laughs> God. And the actual <laughs> other Westworld yeah. robots are not at all bothered by this. They're just like, no. oh yeah, it's you know. <laughs> no. Oh really? They're not. I was imagining it. <laughs> no, they're, they're like, like, oh, he's like, like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. oh no, one of them says that, then the other one goes, no, I really like Kid A. <laughs> <laughs> I think the robot who plays this shit on the piano is definitely the guy who like acts as though he's like protesting mm. when he sits. That you know, he's like, oh, I couldn't possibly. 
you know, every time he walks into a room, <laughs> oh, this or is there's a robot a playing it. I thought the piano would just oh, come no, to this, life. No, this is like a robot sitting down oh. at the piano. Oh, I see. Oh. And he's he's just that fucking guy who's like he's always got the guitar at the party, and he <laughs> right. acts as though he's being pressured into playing it. But we all know he's fucking dying. Oh, and then everyone just goes, "Here we go again." So I'm pretty sure that's Westworld season two. Yeah. The first time that I'd seen one of these sorts of things was not on a piano, but it was someone who took the read write heads of like uh, a half dozen hard drives yeah. and actually made it play the vocal part of like of the Tom York part of a Radiohead song. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know. That's what will actually happen is that shithead will start showing off on the piano and then he'll just open his face and six hard drives <laughs> right. will come out that all just buzz around. Yeah. He'll he'll remove the ghost. <laughs> it'll just be all of his weird servos and stuff. Yeah. It'll just be like his teeth. Like it won't be like it'll just be like mm. rah, 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 rah. Yeah. Yeah. Should we endorse? Sure. Nick, right. endorse. Nick. I'm going to endorse something from my childhood because I I want to. And Sure. It's a product that anybody can buy, so I'm fine with that. Uh, I think pe- most people enjoy, I could be wrong, but I think most people enjoy occasionally a good ice cream sundae. Am I right? You're very correct. Sure. No not? one doesn't like that. Yeah, no, I love them. Okay. Right. Um, I'll grant you this. However, in my experience, when people think of an, like, an ice cream sundae you're going to make in your house, they think of like Hershey's chocolate sauce and just uh-huh. like shitty chocolate gar- like product, Okay. just like bad gross chocolate so uh-huh. you're gonna tell us a story from your artisanal childhood <laughs> yeah. apparently artisanal brecken well there was this place in michigan called saunders which started out as uh kind of like a soda jerk kind of diner place where you could go and they would make stuff but what they is also a soda had like, jerk uh, it's just you know it's like a diner but you kind of go up to I think a, bar a soda and jerk is a guy i thought a soda jerk was a person who worked a soda fountain is it yeah wow that's a shitty term I thought it was the thing that you jerked. I thought that was the person who did that was called that. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I was trying to be. I was trying to be legitimately. uh, Where did you grow uh, up? You grew up in Michigan. Yeah, in California, we called them soda assholes. Oh, so we called them a piece of shit. Yeah, soda shithead. (laughs) Anyway, there was this. What we called them over here. There was this store full of shitheads uh, Uh (laughs) called Saunders. Anyway, a soda jerk or soda jerker is a person, typically a youth. Who operates the soda fountain in a drugstore? Okay, I was thinking of soda fountain. Yeah, I meant to say soda fountain operated by a soda jerk, of course. Yeah, yeah, because he's a kid. Yeah, and operated by a soda dipshit. Yeah, uh, operated by anyway. a worthless, <laughs> God. worthless sack of soda shit. <laughs> <laughs> operated by two thousand pounds of spiders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you are in this weird spider <laughs> themed establishment. Uh, they make a great phosphate. No, yeah. Anyway, they make a lot of stuff, but now uh, the company has basically been reduced to nothing, uh-huh. except that they still make a few products. And one of the things that they make spiders ate them all. is is yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the few things they make is, is is a hot fudge that you can buy on Amazon mm. still, and it is absolutely delicious. They come in different different flavors, but I would recommend just the straight up like milk chocolate. And then you have to do the vanilla ice cream with the Saunders hot fudge, and Spanish peanuts. Which you store in your freezer. What does that mean? Uh, what do you mean? I mean, is that is that like a an origin of peanuts, or is that a preparation? Oh, it's of a type peanuts? of peanut. It's a type of peanut. Spanish peanut. Interesting. What yeah, is yeah. what differentiates? Uh, it? they have these little like red shells that that, huh. you, that you eat. You just leave them on oh, the peanut and you eat them. Okay, interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, that's, not, a, that's, I, it, that's a combo that I fully endorse. So vanilla ice cream. Yes. Caramel something? Hopefully a, a high-quality no, vanilla no ice cream. Caramel. No, no, no. The Sorry, Saunders, hot, that up? Saunders okay, milk okay. chocolate hot fudge. Va- okay, vanilla ice cream. Yeah, which you heat up. Saunders hot fudge, which we will link you in the description. Heat it, heat the fudge. It some way. Heated. Either double boil it or yeah. microwave it or whatever. Spanish peanuts. Yeah, and that's, that's, and that's, that's everything you that's need. That's it. That's a delicious Triple. N- dessert for you. All right. Nice. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, we'll have links to that stuff in the uh, podcast description. Um, I am going to endorse. Also, if you make that, send a picture in to questions that yeah. important if true. And Nick will judge it. Dot you know one thing, Nick. You're a thing I've observed that you're pretty good at is actually a thing that I always tell myself I'm going to do and basically never do, which is bothering to actually order specific regional foods. Mm. To your I'm mostly home. doing that in the last year. Yeah, it's just a thing that occurred to yeah. me, and now I've done it a couple of times. Because you've I'm ordered just doing it. You've ordered the Coney dogs. Oh yeah, Coney uh, Coney Island style hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Detroit, sauce is the, the important okay, yeah. thing there. Yeah, you've ordered the brick cheese to make Detroit style pizza. Mm-hmm. What else have you? You've got. I feel oh, like, I've had a few others. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. hold on to them, Chris. Oh, really? For yeah, future endorsements? Yeah, but, okay, uh, I'm sorry. For future lame for endorsements. For future <laughs> lame Detroit <laughs> future, locally future, sourced. I didn't Detroit think of anything lame. else. Endorsements. Basically, yeah. yeah. Not that I'm any better this week. Um, I am going to endorse the cold shower capper. This what? 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 What was that? I like a real thing. <laughs> I just don't know. I'm very afraid. Well, I'm going to explain it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I read I read an article <laughs> in the New York Times a little while ago yeah. about, I mean, they didn't call it this. That's my name for it. The oh, okay. Shower, okay. Shower capper. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when you take a shower, what you do, uh-huh. you've taken your like nice steamy shower and you've done all your stuff in the shower. And then- you flip the water oh, no. to as cold, cold as, for a as cold as it gets. Yeah, for like two minutes. Oh, that's oh, too long. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's really, really Why do long. you do this? So <laughs> the article posits like a really interesting kind of psychological framework <laughs> for the cold shower capper. Yeah. Uh, which is that it if you do this in the morning, forcing yourself to plunge yourself into this icy, shitty bath, mm-hmm. uh, it's... Like the article basically it takes a year off your life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the article makes the argument essentially that uh, humans naturally, certainly myself included, are procrastinators by nature, and we will always uh, like it's hard for us to snap into just doing the thing. And if you start your day off by forcing yourself to just do the thing, even if it's something that is not like something you actually want to do, it will start you off on the correct foot of then if this is just, if you can turn this into a habit, you will train yourself to become much better at just doing the thing when you have to do so the thing. So how many cold showers, have, have many showers have like been caps cold? Oh, I've probably done like a dozen of these so oh, far. Man. It's fucking difficult. Oh, I, I took a cold not... shower today for the first time in a long oh, time really? because my hot water heater broke. Oh, right. Which, right. and I haven't yet hugged it, uh, but <laughs> that is obviously- That's yeah. why it broke. How did this not come up? <laughs> I didn't, I didn't... We had a whole thing about well, a kid loving a hot water heater. And you didn't give yours enough love and reverence, and now yeah. it fucking broke on you, and now it's all true. you've got is the cold shower capper. It's, it's, it's not even just the capper; it's the whole shower. And <laughs> I now, hate look, it. now look where you I, where you are. I don't like it at all. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> Jesus, I, I don't want to. to. Well, you're gonna have to. 
because you're gonna all you're gonna do is take those cold showers. Yeah, because you are too much of a, a it, little soda dipshit <laughs> to go you're, hug your hot water heater. Please do not hug your hot water. It's very hot. It's so hot. Important if you're just not condoning hugging the hot water heater. I read an article that says, "Don't procrastinate. Just do the thing." And you stalling hot water heater capper. Like what? I don't get out of the shower and go down and hug your water heater. Burn your hands. It'll wake you. This is like the the Marie Kondo. You know the Marie Kondo like sort of tidying up lady. You know, lady who writes all the books about tidying up and like thank like talking to your belongings and yeah. thanking them and seeing if they bring you joy. <laughs> this is like how you yeah, you bring joy to your life with your water heaters. You have go and you give it a hug and you demonstrate, like, this brings me joy. Uh-huh. Uh, and you sort of and like... And then it says, I love you, human. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, woman. Except that actually, it, it says that by way of some bubbling sounds that sound like human <laughs> speech. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it loves me. I love you. Oh, it's playing a Radiohead song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then it starts, yeah, things creep. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, all the lights turn off and just thousands of pounds of spiders begin to bubble out of the hot water heater. <laughs> they just come out of the walls where they live. They're not even in the heater. Uh, so anyway. They heard the shower say, I, or the heater say, I love you, and they responded. <laughs> it, what it thought it was talking, they were talking They heard to it say, yeah. there's 200 pounds of human meat out here. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone hears what they want to hear in the... In, the sonorous bubbling of the hot water heater. <laughs> that is also a robot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I, I've been trying the cold shower capper. It's very difficult to do. I am actually, I, 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 I rarely make it two minutes. I've been timing myself by, like, counting. By turning on your Quip toothbrush. Please say. <laughs> <turn on> the- <laughs> please, please. Oh, God, no, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's a good idea. No, it's not. <laughs> Um, boy, I beg to differ. One man lived his life entirely out of podcast advertisements and endorsements. <laughs> Let's see how he turned up. How he turned up. How he turned out. Um, so that's that's my endorsement. The cold shower capper. Um, <laughs> give it a shot. It's tough to turn it into a genuine habit, but I feel like if I can really turn it into a cornerstone of my life, maybe I'll somehow be a better person. That's <laughs> if I could just with these endorsements. If I can just continue. If, if I can I just keep giving myself like one more carrot to reach to about like uh-huh. how I can uh-huh. improve myself. Maybe eventually I'll get there, right, guys? All right, Jake. What do you have? Uh, hold on a sec. Uh, let's see here. I'm leaving myself a note. Remind me in four weeks to ask Chris. God damn it! How's <laughs> the cold shower? <laughs> Capper God damn going, you, Jake. Question mark. God damn it. I will remind you to ask Chris, how's the cold shower capper going at 9 a.m. Tuesday, April 25th? God damn it. <laughs> I mean, you already said on the air you're probably not going to keep it up, but I figured I, I want to check yeah, but in. No one was ever going to keep me accountable either way. They were just going to forget. Okay, I'm legitimately, if you're, if you're like, I own a house now. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like... Right. With the simple plan, I've I've gotten something that you'll never have: stick to itiveness. Yeah. <laughs> and a house. I I I'm not gonna rule it out, but I also would not expect the cold shower capper in four weeks to grant me homeownership. We'll see. I'm not. You could be on the road though. I'm you could be on the road. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna um, make sure I temper your expectations, dear listenership. For this endor- for these endorsements, we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, spe- my ice cream sundae is really good. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of tempered expectations for endorsements, yeah. what I would like to endorse yeah. is a podcast on the Out of Thumbs Network. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it is you whatever. Asshole. We we have a new podcast out uh, called Something True. It's a 
history storytelling podcast. It's uh, there are two full episodes out by the time you're listening to this. Yep, and it's probably my favorite thing that we've put out on Idle Thumbs. And in we didn't like, even make and it, and we had nothing to do with it in, in a decade. Uh, it's like it's uh, our friend Duncan Fife wrote all these. He's like sort of just essays or his like just story, stories from history from weird corners of history that time has forgotten. And yeah. our friend Alex, who has just a fantastic voice and is an amazing presenter, narrates them. They're only you know probably eight, like 15 minutes eight long. to fifteen minutes long. Um, just super bite sized stories that are. So absurd, but secretly sort of heartwarming, and give you a little bit of like they give you like. A they're re- all true. It's like we're really worth yeah, mentioning they're, that. They're, our, yes, our show is called Important If True and Deals in Garbage. Their show has a very similar name, Something True, but their title does not lie to you. Yeah. Um, I feel like their show at its best kind of ends up getting at the sort of like sad, but like. Um, sort of reassuring look at humanity that like a Coen Brothers movie sometimes gets to where it's just like these people are pathetic but they're trying their best and they're like just getting by even though it's even though it's a story like Uh like the first episode is the story about uh, President Harding's dog and President Harding's a shitty president and all of his friends who he puts into office completely take advantage of him and it's just a disaster but America loves his dog and then he starts writing magazine articles as his dog and they're just this like this guy's attempt to like try and like have any feeling of like control or peace with the fact that he just knows that he's a big piece of shit <laughs> and like uh it's really funny and uh very it's very good. good yep yeah that's something true and you can find it at something true.net yeah yeah it's a very good podcast um all right well that is our podcast this week thank you for joining us on important if true our website um confusingly is important if true dot com uh, and you can find <coughs> links there to our iTunes page our Google Play page all the uh, all everything related to our site you can send us email of your own to questions at important if true dot com anything on your mind any questions you have anything you've observed all of that can go to questions at important if true dot com and we will be back Next week for Idle Thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Stay spicy. And wow. cold. <laughs> what? And, and freezing cold. What are you talking about? Well, you gotta cap it. He's talking about the cold. You get spicy. Oh, stay spicy, but then, then really, yeah. but then be cold for two minutes so you can really face your day. Yeah. <laughs> We're an audience at a performance. <laughs> it's shit. Anyway, if that's not self-explanatory, I don't know what is. Enjoy this podcast. <laughs>